to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. And this podcast is just us chatting every week about the reality of anything and everything property. Now, Stuart and I have just been chatting about perhaps creating a, a reality-based property training course. And, <laughs> and we were thinking that, that a, a nice sort of headline to, to entice people into this could be, want to get rich? prepare to be bored. <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure we're going to get that much custom, but, but maybe. So in recent episodes, we've been talking a little bit about why we or you might want to get into property investing and a little bit about sort of how that could be done and how we might set objectives around that. And we're going to dig into that a bit more, more today particularly starting off with sort of how we might go about trying to set the goals that we would want for our business or for our property businesses as we're, as we're both going to be chatting about this. So, Stuart, please kick us off. How do we go about getting started with, with our goals? Well, this is really just a follow-on from our last conversation on why we, we got into property and you know we talked at length some would say too much length about pensions and replacing salaries but we're all here we're all talking about property you know you're listening to property and therefore the next step for us is is to really get clarity on on how we're going to get there and you, you did make me laugh with that because it's so true that our experience is that it's not the exciting things that will get us to our goals. It's just doing the right things on a daily basis. That's, that's as simple as it is. So it's really key for us. And this is just born of our experience. It's really key to get clarity on your objective. And we, we talked about this, uh, touched on this in the last episode. But essentially, what is your goal? So we, we're not going to go into deep here. But if your goal is to replace your salary, get really clear on what that means. And be really clear on what you actually need. So, for, so we would say, forget the salary. Think about the income that you need first. Okay, so to cover all current ex- expenses is what we talk about. And what we talked about before was actually, are those expenses true? Or can you remove them? Can you get rid of the Sky? Can you get rid of the Amazon? Do you really need that uh, weekly delivery from Gusto with the really nice chicken schnitzels or not get rid of all of that because if you want to replace your salary to to leave a job then we'd suggest taking all of those things out but that's that's a different topic but it's it's getting crystal clear on what the actual number is you're targeting and we we touched on this before but the first question i would ask myself is why why do i need what i need so if my my number if my magic number is i need five thousand pounds a month why do i need that much and the question the answer might be well because i really like my trips to spain i have two of those a year and that comes to six thousand my household income is my household expenditure is two thousand so hopefully the examples there are really just around get really clear that those numbers are the right numbers so that's your financial goal and the other thing that simon and i were both talking about was we are talking about financial goals here. We are not blind to the fact that finance is not the only element of our lives. We might have spiritual goals. We might want to meditate, get freedom. We might have 
physical goals. And, you know, it's our belief that all of those are really important, actually, in a holistic sense to achieve our financial goals. But that's a, that's a different kettle of fish altogether. We're just going to focus on the financial because this is the property podcast. So getting clarity around that goal is really key. And for that, I would also just really ask yourself the why question. You know, why do I want to achieve that? And, and do the five whys deep and then follow it up with another why until you get to the nub of why is you want that just to make sure that it is really what you want. And once you've got that, you can then start to work backwards from that financial goal. So clarity is key because what we don't want to do is, is set a goal. It's, it's like the old cliche, you know, if, if a flight leaves from London Heathrow to, to New York, if, if you've put uh, the input of New York in and actually you wanted to go to Morocco, well, all bets are off. Equally, once we've set the right destination, what we don't want to do is go off track by even one degree because one degree will take us many, many miles off, off course. So we've got to be really clear on that, that the goal is the right goal for us. Just my experience of this, Simon, is, you know, we spoke about this last week, is that we, we talk about financial goals and we think about wealth and we just want a number. We pick a number, 50,000, 100,000, and we just start building and buying properties thinking that that's magically going to happen. What else would you add to the goal clarification to listeners? I'm not sure there is very much more to add. As you say, you, you need to be very clear on your goal. You need to make sure that your goal is, is really what you want and you will actually be driven towards achieving it. Because I mentioned in, in the intro that a lot of the work is going to be boring and you will have to do lots of repetitive, or maybe not repetitive, but you will have to do lots of less interesting things in order to actually work towards and force forwards your, your business towards your goals. And hence, you've, you've got to be quite driven for that. So you've, you've got to really want that goal. You've got to really mean it. And I, I think really that for me is having clarity on the goal, is, is really being clear that that is the number one thing that you're wanting to achieve. Yeah. And the, the challenge is when it's solely financial and at, at the outset, we, we all, there's no one that says, oh, no, I don't want to achieve 50,000 or 100,000 a year. We all want to achieve that. But as we'll keep repeating, getting there is going to be monotonous. It's going to be boring. So you have to fully understand why is you're going to try and get there. And once you've got that clarity, the next question is, how? How do, you, how do you want to get there? Because there are a number of ways to achieve those goals. And of course, we're talking explicitly about property. And we're going to talk about a number of ways. There are a number of strategies. As you know, Simon's strategy is very different to my strategy. Both strategies are taking us towards our goals and are very different. But the question for each of us as we're building our portfolios and building the, the plan towards our revenue is, well, yes, HMO will give you a really good cash flow strategy, but you may not get excited by the thought of managing students or working professionals. Equally, you might think buying single buy-to-lets once every couple of years is just not exciting enough for you. 
they're the questions that you, you need to think about. Because once you have, you can then start to build your plan. Okay, so we, we've talked about before you know, where I wanted to replace a six-figure income. The first property I bought generated a net figure of £250 a month. So it became very clear to me I couldn't reach my goal as quickly as I wanted to. So the, the time is also key. I learned through own hard-fought experience that, that building 100 rooms and on average the properties I was buying were were five bedroom houses so that that's 20 houses just wasn't feasible in a year just not feasible you know it's i'm 59 rooms in and it's it's you know five and a half years on so again you know everyone will have heard of smart goals you know specific measurable achievable realistic and timed but that's that's really key and if you if you're not really sure speak to other people in property uh, i work with a couple of guys as, as a consultant but you know go to property events you know, do you do research to think about what might the art of the possible be and just start building out that plan. And that plan will be very simple. It will just be working out a property or uh, that you want to to work towards in terms of your net income. And net is quite fee and uh, it's quite important. And of course, you won't know all of this up front, but look at typical margins and again this is something you can do online i did online for building companies what's the typical margin of margin of a property development company for example and it could be 15 to 20 percent so you know that okay if a, if a property is generating x you can do use wonderful tools like patma that will give you a really good insight into average rental rates and from there you can look at maintenance costs to give you a, a really good directional view of what it's going to take to get to your end goal. And you might sit down and look at that and it might say, based on your plan, it might take seven years, it might take 10 years. That's the plan. And if you want to get there quicker, then you're going to have to work, look at other routes. But my experience is that, so, so for an, as, to give everyone an example, right now, my plan, my next year plan is all around focusing on profit margin. It's focusing on the bottom line. I've called it time for bottom line. And I had to spend half a day just writing down all of the things I could do or, or needed to do to increase my margin. And that, of course, came from increasing occupancy to lowering costs, but then very granular. And, uh, you know, Simon and I were talking about the fact that, you know, it, just having this plan led me to having conversations with the accountant about what we can do with costs and and that kind of thing. So you're going to have to get very detailed with your plan that, you, that you're going to need to work. And the other thing that Simon and I were just talking about was when we talk about plan, because of the marketing that we, as soon as you start investigating property investment, you're going to be unindated with people trying to flog you courses and, you know, free free weekends. You know, we've all been on them. I've been on them. And, and they, have, they were quite useful in my early days just to get an understanding. I didn't know about str certain strategies like rent to rent or service accommodation. But they're all going to make you feel like that everything can happen within a week. And Simon and my, my experience is that that's just not feasible. So as, as unsexy as it is, we just need to dissuade you of the notion that property will solve all of your ills in the space of six months or a year. Yep, very definitely. And we've got a, a little 
mini series that we did a while ago on some of the different strategies that you you might be considering in your property business and we looked not only at the the amount of money that would be needed to we were looking at replacing a salary then a typical salary but also we looked at the amount of time those things might take to actually complete that that goal so i'll I'll make sure that those the links to those episodes are in the show notes for this episode so i do recommend you go back and and have a listen to to those episodes because they they, we talk about a, a strategy of rent to rent we talk a strategy of buying hmos of buying buy to lets and i think we talk about service accommodation as well but there's that they are very different in the the type of work you'll be doing and uh, as as you mentioned Stuart that is an important part of choosing your path to your goal because you will be experiencing very different things very different demands on your time and your focus depending on which strategy you you follow so if if it's your your dream to to run a hotel or a bed and breakfast type setup and you want to have that really close contact with your customers then service accommodation would probably be a good fit but if you're looking for something that's mostly passive and very much on the sideline and maybe even those bits you hand over to an agent you're you're really not going to get on well with the service accommodation and you're probably looking much more at the sort of the buy to let end of the the scale of the, the spectrum of things you could be considering in property so I just want to re-emphasize that it is very important to, to be careful in choosing your path to your goal. And then, as you said, once you've chosen that path, it's really all about cutting that down or breaking that down into manageable steps and manageable parts that you can put in a plan. And I think from what we were talking about quickly before this recording started was that in your your plan, you've you've got this overall objective of improving your margin, and then you've broken it down into several steps that you've then had to actually start executing on. And even within those, you've got multiple action points: some that you need to do every every week, some that you need to do just once, and, and create a, a sort of time based gradual plan that can later be followed to, in your execution of it. Do you want to go into some of the the process you went through to break that down into a plan? Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, it was fairly straightforward because so so I made a point of saying I want to increase the profit margin by ten percentage points, and that was based on the fact that I think my profit margin was around five percent, and that that might sound really low to people because it is, and also was is is taking salary out of that as well. So 10 percentage points. And the reason I, I, I started with that was because the first phase, so I created two phases. One was just identifying where we were currently at. And, you know, it embarrasses me to say it sometimes. I wasn't crystal clear. I did have an idea. You know, I've mentioned before we use zero, so I kind of had an idea, but it needed to be updated further. So in terms of pl- mapping out the plan, and I think this holds true, whatever you're going to do is you need to know where you currently are. You can't map out, a direction of travel to somewhere else unless you know where you currently are and a bit like you to use the bad analogy earlier on you know i might i might book a flight from london to new york but if i'm in dublin what what good has that done me you know i've missed uh, i've missed a plane I, I did miss a flight to dublin once anyway so you need to get a <laughs> you need to get 
a good picture of where you're at. So if you're if you're on day one of your property journey, it's like, okay, well, this is my current income and this is my current set of contacts and that kind of thing. So I needed to identify where I was and I needed to identify all of the costs which I'd never really built into a cash flow. So I, I do have a cash flow document, but I knew in the back of my mind there were some things that I hadn't put in there. And being honest, it's probably because they were quite painful. On one of the properties, we have £4,400 worth of service charge per year, £1,100 a quarter. So I needed to, you know, that was part of it. I needed to map all of that into my cash flow. So I had a, a really clear picture of what my current cash flow was. So that was, that was a big part, identifying where we really are at, not where I wanted to be, where are we really at. And that also the salaries that we pay out. I needed to then get all of that into the existing cash flow documents. I needed to make sure I was clear on all of my debt, not just mortgages, investor debt, everything else, and all of their interest rates. So that was another act. So these are all just lines on the plan. I needed to make sure I had all of the expiry dates of mortgages so that we weren't just, I don't need to go into why, but you know, so again, that was just to prevent SVR, slipping into SVR, standard variable rates. I also wanted to work out a, a debt snowball worksheet. And I'm not going to go into that now, but it's something I use personally to work out how we're going to pay off debt in the most efficient manner. Then reviewing all of our current spending. So we have that, but I wanted to do it line by line. So actually take four, four months worth of statements and get a really accurate level of spend and identify all of those areas that can be removed. So that was really where we're at, what we're currently doing. So that's kind of the first part. So that was on existing. Then it's a case of what we're doing to ensure maximum occupancy. And we've got various documents that we've got for that. So we've got a document that goes in every time we've got a new agreement that goes in. So the person that works with me will will ensure that's up to date, looks at all of the compliance. Again, we've got, you know, 59 rooms there's compliance happening all the time, but we need that to be updated. Maintenance issues need to be resolved. So it's okay. You know, in the plan is we're building in processes to make sure, because these are the things that annoy people as tenants and annoy myself. You know, if you know if the dripping tap hasn't been fixed for three weeks, am I going to be more or less likely to stay? So that was that part of the plan. And then there's an action part of the plan. So of all, all of those things, what can we then go out and do? Well, we can go and speak with all of our supplier base, accountants, utility providers, solicitors, renegotiate terms. You know, we're in tough economic climate. Of course, they're in the same position. But what can we do? You know, as talking to Simon, just, just as a result of this plan, I realized that there were certain things we were doing. For example, we have our office registered with the accountant. Now, that's fine. And they do a number of they do confirmation statements as well, but they also scan and send post. But actually, there are virtual services that do that as well, which may save me, you know, hundreds of pounds, you know, not having to wrap all that up. So, so again, it's just highlighted just a focus, you know, meant that we can now look at it. So it was then looking at things like that and then really just listing all of the things we can do, uh, you know, final element for me which is not for a little while yet, was review all existing tenancies that are 12 months or longer and look at section 13, i.e. those that we can increase. I've actually done that on one and the result was really good. I just went back to it. So again, most of the rooms are all bills included. I went back to someone and said, look, you know, 
because of course everyone's acutely aware of it so I said look we need to put the rent up by it was less than 10 percent it was you know in real terms it was 20 odd pounds in terms of a percentage increase it was yeah probably five to seven percent increase and i said these are the reasons and they came back and said that sounds really fair thanks for letting me know we'll start that from next month so that's the plan and there's there's lots that sit under under each of those areas around actions that we can do conversations so i built that as a 90-day plan that seems to be the best time frame for me and i know that works for lots of people 90-day sprints and the overall aim is to increase that profit margin by 10% by March 2023, because that, I think that was a year from when I originally started the plan. And, you know, we just break that down into three month chunks of what we can do. And a lot of that is just being doing repeated things like phoning and letting agents every week to ensure that everyone's happy, updating documents. So it's very boring very monotonous, but that's what's going to get us where we need to go. Uh, I'm intrigued. How long do you think you put into creating the plan? So it's so not actually executing on it, but just creating. And what was it, just a small part of your getting rich quick overnight? Well, the, um, I think all in, the plan probably took me a day in, if I bring all of the time together. So where's the time left for getting rich? If you're spending all your time making a plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know. Well, I thought once I'd done that, it would have just happened. You know, the money tree leaves would have just shaken off and um, would have all been fine. And, and that is, that's the thing. And that's the thing that people don't want to tell you is that creating wealth is, well, creating a business is bloody hard work. Creating wealth is repetitive and monotonous. And, you know, Simon and I were joking before we hit the record button, but you know, I, for example, when I look at the, you know, stocks and shares in, index funds, which I use, if, if I'd have, you know, just put a hundred pounds a month for 20 years into those, I'd have probably achieved my goals, but it would have taken 20 years and it wouldn't have looked exciting. And I think the, the, the key to this is just working the plan. You, know, you plan the work and you work the plan because as Simon and I say to each other, it's so easy to get distracted by things that look exciting. And my, my version of this is that when I first started out, you know, I, I bought a single flat, a one bed flat. Then I bought an HMO. Then the next thing I bought was a house for development. And when I say next, concurrently. So I had a, just bought an HMO, which we we're going to refurb. And then I bought a house, which we wanted to double the size of and extend. And then I looked at a property for a service accommodation. So I was then stretching myself so thin, both, you know, mentally and physically. And equally, it's, you know, it's the old age old analogy of, you know, how best to, you know, how do we take the sun and create fire? Well, you get a magnifying glass and that magnifies into one single point and, and creates that heat versus a scattergun approach, which just doesn't create any momentum. And I've heard the phrase, you know, inch wide, mile deep now a few times. And I, and I agree with that because actually when we go so broad, you know, there's no depth. And unfortunately for me, it took me a few years to really realize that. And unsurprisingly to me, as soon as I just created focus and said, OK, I am just now going to focus on my model, which is creating rentable rooms through co-living HMO spaces 
that in the last year and four months we've we've probably created somewhere between 30 and 40 rooms just because we were focused on doing that and, and following the plan what the get rich brigade don't tell you is that 90 percent of property and business is creating relationships and you can't do that overnight people aren't going to trust you overnight no matter how worthy and full of integrity you are that relationships take time to build uh, certainly ones with a lot of trust uh, as well so having a plan and acknowledging that from the outset will potentially save a lot of pain further down the line yeah and you say relationships take time to build and that's before you even get on to the the fact that actually just any kind of transaction in, in business and in actual fact generally but specifically in property takes an age i mean buying a property generally speaking yes there are exceptions with auctions and things but generally speaking you're looking at three to six months to buy a property it's not get rich quick overnight and if you think okay well i'm not going to buy i'm going to go for a, a rent to rent type approach or something like that then as you say Stuart, you've got to put in the time to build the relationships you've still got work to go and find properties they're not advertised in the same way as properties for sale you have to go and hunt a lot harder put in time to build relationships convince people that you're as you say trustworthy and able to take on this responsibility yeah it's it takes time it's not an overnight get rich quick scheme it does take time to to make the plan to to plan what you're going to do plan the work and then as you say it then takes even more time to work that plan and actually see it through gradually with all the details and all the steps that are required to actually reach the end goal or even perhaps not reach it straight away but to work towards it and make progress yeah my, my thoughts on this are just that because we live in a time of such instantaneous gratification we all want that to be true about everything and of course it's not it, things take time it's, it's not like clicking a like button on a social media platform and also the other thing which does annoy the hell out of me as well is that you know the, the likes of mark zuckerberg and elon musk and steve jobs and the bald fella from amazon they're always brought up as you know these people that just changed the world in an instant and became you know more wealthy than any of us they are the exceptions to the rule and even in most cases i'm sure when we look at it deeply enough you know i've read something about them you know that it, it didn't they do these things didn't happen overnight and they made huge changes you know they put a lot of value into the world and you know some of the stories i've read you know there's um you know stories like like elon musk you know his story okay he's wealthiest man on the planet but that didn't happen overnight you know paypal started back in the 90s that you know that took 10 feet so uh, you know tesla wasn't nailed on you know that that nearly failed so many times could still do but the, the point i'm making is number one we we're not going to be you know that they can be aspirations and they certainly do inspire me these people inspire me but i think we have to acknowledge that we are not necessarily those people we're not all destined to build hotels on mars you know some of us just want to make those changes in our lives and i think that also just adds to this 
you know, like I've got a burning fire in me that, you know, that I, I, I'm glad that I, I can acknowledge that the clock is ticking, that I don't know how many days I've got left, you know, I don't mean in the short term, but I think you get to a certain age and obviously time goes quickly. So I've got a desire, but equally, you know, I acknowledge that, okay, I might not become a billionaire. And I think that, but, you know, we, we're given this information, well, you know, Steve Jobs and, and, and whoever else, and, and we think that that can happen overnight. We're going to create billions and happen instantly. And I think that's, as you can tell, something which annoys me. But we can make a difference in our own lives. I think it's just, as we've said, you know, create the plan and work your plan and create a life that you want. And um, that's got to be one of the most powerful things to do is create the life that each of us wants to live. I think that's a fantastic place to, to end this week. I couldn't say anything better. We would love your feedback on anything and everything we've talked about this week and in any of our other episodes. You can reach out to us on Twitter. We are at B-I-Z of property. And there's also a contact form and all of our show notes on thebusinessofproperty.com. And Stuart and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye.